I make sure I get to hear about their accomplishments and I acknowledge the ones that I'm genuinely impressed by, right, yeah. uh, for it. Because I think with, with alcohol or with being black and blue at 2 p.m., uh, at any walk of life can bring out a lot of shame and embarrassment because how do you not talk about it? So so I think I, I think it's, it's good to be a little bit cautious around that. It's good to be curious about their, their strengths, their successes, all that kind of stuff. And, and you don't necessarily need them to have that aha moment and the insight that connects it all. Uh, I think uh, for me, it's more about how do you give them enough information so they know that they can come back if they, they need to. I think certainly me, I tend to support a certain population uh, and uh, th that population has some, um, uh, I don't know, there, there's some consistency as to what 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 those folks would be. They're people that have struggled with addiction uh, for a number of years and they've had a lot of consequences from it. That's more or less, or there's or younger people sometimes, uh, sometimes quite young that are that are that are new to it. Uh, but this uh, recently, uh, where I work, um, uh, I encountered um, uh, an individual that uh, was unique to uh, folks I've supported before. So, and I just wanted to maybe get some some of your insights about uh, uh, about this person. So, um, I'm going to a successful uh, career uh, lady who had, uh, let's say, she's in her seventies. She uh, got to our uh, our emergency room because she. Um, she had uh, fallen uh, in 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 the bathroom, had a very bruised face. So there's been not a lot of medical complications here, but uh, what was significant about this is it was uh, it was two o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, and she was intoxicated. So they sent me to to talk to her, and no one had ever talked to her about addiction in her entire life, and I just felt so wholly unprepared uh, to, you know, I, I, I just felt like I didn't have the, the tools to, to, to address what that, what her journey forward would be like, right? Like what, you know, where, where she's at and maybe it's all the same. I don't know, but I didn't know if you had any, any kind of uh, tidbits and, uh, you know, kind of tools for uh, tips to, to help me navigate conversations like that. So with with cases like this, you know, especially the the elderly thing, you know, I and how you felt around speaking to an elder, um, I, I I get that same same experience, and and I'm not sure where it comes from. My memories, you know, when I was a resident, if I went had my geriatric rotation, so people whatever 65, 70, 80, I couldn't interrupt them, and some patients had some form of memory impairment. They would tell stories that took a very very long time, and in psychiatry, you're supposed to do a tight 45 minute interview when you're being evaluated, and the stories would just go on and on and on, and and you know in in real life. Uh, I, I don't interrupt uh, as much uh, either. And, and typically what I do, especially if uh, someone seems like they have a lot of pride, they've accomplished a lot, I make sure I get to hear about their accomplishments and I acknowledge the ones that I'm genuinely impressed by, right, yeah. uh, for it. Because I think with, with alcohol or with being black and blue at 2 p.m., uh, at any walk of life can bring out a lot of shame and embarrassment because how do you not talk about it. So so I think I, I think it's it's good to be a little bit cautious around that. It's good to be curious about their their strengths, their successes, all that kind of stuff. And and you don't necessarily need them to have that aha moment and the insight that 
connects it all. Uh, I think uh, for me, it's more about how do you give them enough information so they know that they can come back if they, they need to. And and my mind and part of it is that I've had so many people I've worked with where they'll have a month, six months, nine months, whatever of success. And then they disappear when the, the lapse or relapse happens because there's such shame that comes with it as well, no matter how open I, I try to be around it. With people in their their 70s, um, I always uh, try to figure out what the drug does for them. Uh, early on, uh, sometimes there's a reward or anxiety or whatever. Sometimes eventually it uh, it's more of the negative feelings that go away with it. I try to track the amounts, right? So is it a one-time thing? Is it a several-time thing? And how many are they going through in a day? If it's more than 10 standard drinks a day, I always think about the detoxification phase. I'm going to have to get this person off alcohol and make sure that the withdrawal symptoms are tolerable. Right. And then I think about the the maintenance phase. And I do it through indirect curiosity and I figure out what they know about it. And then I make sure before they leave, they know about the detoxification phase, the maintenance phase, the importance of skills. I have something in the back of my mind around screening for comorbid mental illness or memory deficits, which will usually come at a future visit if the person does show up. I talk about the vitamins like B12, thymine, uh, folate, all that all that stuff that's, that's there. And the goal is actually the exact same as for the patients you're more likely to, to see. I actually want them to come back. That's it. I just, I want that connection. I want them to have a good experience and I want them to come back. And it's very, very tough to get people to come back. And when they're 70, they've had a fall, they have bruising on their uh, their face, um, they may not want to go to an addiction clinic, right? And so it may just be me sending a note to the family doctor. The family doctor knows those those things. Yeah. So, uh, right. So that, that no, that's helpful. Um, and uh, especially the, you know, you, you, always you want to be mindful of uh, not, nothing you say is going to get some, or, or ho- hoping that nothing you say is going to get someone to go home and, and, and cold turkey it, as they say, of alcohol. And, and, and yeah, yeah, but you un, also, you also want someone to drink forever, right? Like how many people have said, oh, I, don't, I can't stop because I've had a seizure. It's like two years later, they haven't seen anybody. And they're still drinking the, the Mickey, Mickey and a half a day, right? Like right. The, there's ways to coach on safe tapering too. Right. Okay. I, are there any particular things that uh, medically that someone uh, that's of that age would it, is is the is the withdrawal any different? So well, I mean, the one thing we always worry about is Wernicke's or Korsakoff's, you know. And we worry about these three main symptoms. One is the uh, nystagmus. So there's that eye movement thing where they can sort of, but it's it's hard for the individual to tell it's there. Uh, balance uh, difficulties, uh, and then like you know, memory or levels of consciousness difficulties as well. And if you have one of those uh, three in any way during the withdrawal, you want to make sure you give them a lot of thymine, preferably IM or IV at higher doses. And and some uh, some people pick it up, some people don't in terms of clinicians. That's one thing that you worry about a lot. The other thing is that the withdrawal is not always always predictable. Uh, and, you know, uh, some of these uh, patients, you know, they may, be, may have longer trouble where they can't walk after the, the event. They may have a longer period where they're malnourished, so they don't have the, the diet and the stuff there. We regularly see people in hospital where... The alcohol withdrawal is the only reason they're there. And they end up having to go to rehab after physical rehab for like a week, two weeks afterwards. Right. And normally it's like three to seven days for alcohol withdrawal. So it can like linger uh, in that sense uh, as uh, as well. 
I mean, those are the the main things from uh, my end. Uh, sometimes when you do get falls, you do sometimes get brain bleeds. So a couple of colleagues of mine, they'll regularly do CT scans and you'll be surprised how many find these like old, small bleeds, you know, from the past because the person fell. I mean, it may not have been their first fall. It may have just been the first time they came to Absolutely. hospital for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then also there's always that risk of that ongoing... Uh, ongoing bowel and stuff so like um yeah just the ongoing like like maybe it's gone to the point that it's it's going to stay with them for uh for a bit right now i don't know if this is this is true or not but the way i normally if if somebody is um uh, let's say has an otherwise um uh, what we would call a normal life right as far as days of the week and what they do and whatever and if i always considered that if someone is 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 intoxicated at, or someone starts drinking at two o'clock in the afternoon it's it's not unless it's a you know a, a liquid lunch as they would say it, you know this is uh this this is usually they're drinking to a level where this is to help with the with the, the shakes and the withdrawal of, of, of the night before, right? Typically, often? I mean, it could be. I mean, I put a lot of value on the narrative, right? And right. so, like, if they, they are saying, oh, I get shakes and sweats, sort of like here and yeah. there during the day, I have some balance difficulties, then, then maybe that's the uh, case. Sometimes when people retire, they just don't have other things they're doing. They'll sometimes have a lunch or a late lunch, and then that's where the drinking will start in the social context as well. And so I've heard those stories uh, as, as well uh, for it, uh, too. Uh, it's hard to know if the... I mean, for me, it's if it's daily drinking, more than 10 standard drinks or 8 standard drinks a day then I start to worry more about the withdrawal piece but if they have about like 5 days off in the middle of the week and it's just on the weekends then then not so uh, the, not the history so seemed uh, inconsistent uh, I mean because I knew that uh, you know it, but when I saw her for the first time it would have been uh, like a, a minimum would have been uh, about a, a nearly two hours since the ambulance picked her up. So I knew she hadn't drank in those in that two-hour period and, and she was still slurring her words. So I, I would, sus uh, again, I, I don't know because I, I, I would assume then she would have been probably more intoxicated a couple hours ago. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, uh, I mean, sometimes that's, sometimes that's where the blood alcohol level helps too, right? You know, you get the blood alcohol level. Uh, they're, they're there in, in hospitals, probably been a couple hours since they drink. And, uh, and if, even if they're like talking to you like it's normal, but their blood alcohol levels through the roof, that's also a sign that maybe their their tolerance is so high they're drinking more than uh, you'd, you'd think they they could be or should be, you know. Um, yeah, and and my role, my current role in, in an ED is kind of limited to, to, you know, it's not to get them to come back to the ED for care. But uh, so what I ended up, uh, I, 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 her, I had talked to her about her, um, her family doctor and she has a good relationship as a younger woman. Um, that she she goes to see and she's comfortable with her and so we we ultimately agreed that that would be something she would yeah, uh, she idea. would talk to uh, uh, she would mention it to to her because she's never mentioned alcohol to to anyone like that uh, in her system of supports and uh, I mean that's that's all we were able to do because she certainly wasn't going to be coming to we're a long way away from getting her to an addiction clinic, getting her to, you know, any, any of those services, right? She was not, she wasn't going to a detox. I mean, we just weren't there yet, right? There was, um, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to describe that, you know, how, um, how accomplished this woman appeared to me at least, right? Or how successful and how, you know, how much she seemed like a fish out of water to the system that I work in. Yeah, and, and I think like, uh, I don't know the right way to say this. I'm not convinced that people that are well off get good substance use care, 
right? I'm not convinced they good care for their alcohol. I'm not good care, convinced they care for their withdrawal. I'm not good care for their anxiety. Uh, and in fact, you know, um, if you have a place you can go for treatment, you can just say, hey, just uh, I'll see you this week, stay for 30 days, uh, 30K, 100K, whatever it might be. And so even these programs that uh, are charging uh, money, uh, I'm not always convinced they're offering the best possible uh, care. And so it doesn't matter, I think, whether you're, you know, homeless and you're on disability or, or uh, social assistance, or if uh, you're a CEO with all these uh, funds, I'm not convinced you're getting good uh, substance use uh, healthcare. Yeah, we'll put a, a link into our video up here now about a video we did on uh, on Matthew Perry, right? And yeah. uh, our, our thoughts on how good a care he is. Uh, I don't know how many millions of dollars he spent on addiction care, but it was a lot. Poor guy. And, um, you know, uh, both, uh, bo- both, uh, him as the patient didn't think he got good value and and us as the armchair quarterbacks kind of agreed with yeah, that too. It's, it's always hard being an armchair quarterback. You're not there. That's not an arena that you're, uh, that you're in. And you try to have some curiosity and stuff. And for this person that uh, you describe as uh, seeing, I, I really think it's just giving them an awareness of what are some of those uh, supports and stuff that can uh, can help. Yeah, and we should we should go over because I, I can't remember. I, I think there is little handouts and guides a for the family dog, so a handout that the family dog can they'll just walk them through. Yeah, what those uh, what those steps are, and there's ones for the elderly as well in Ontario. There's a center for effective uh, practice, right? And they they have an alcohol guide that's. Very simple, concise. Well, so is very that good the, for family the, the expert? Is that not the expert? So the expert is the screening and brief uh, intervention referral to treatment. Yeah. It's not necessarily the physician's sort of uh, approach. Okay. You know, uh, it's uh, it's done uh, sort of. Um, administered by sort of a ASAM and uh, it is an approach that you you can take. I don't really do it often, you know, and partially because I'm not really doing a screening. I'm just doing a full assessment, you know, right. you see and what if I, they come to you, they've generally someone else has yeah. determined it. And yeah. so if they, if they've, they've owned, they have some sort of uh, substance yeah. use concern. Yeah. Right. And, 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 but, but at a family doctor level, it was something we used to recommend. Did we not recommend family doctors to do that as a brief screening still or? Yeah, they, they might be. I mean, uh, I, I believe the data is mixed, but okay. what do I know? Like, I mean, I just, I thought that was the one thing the data was good on is that these brief interventions are a good thing. Like these, this doing the screening is a good thing to. Yeah, know. no, I think the screening is a is a good thing. the The experts a very structured uh, approach. Yeah, uh, and uh, and it is uh, it is uh, recommended, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. why you're, you're just negative about that. You're just negative about everything today. Well, well, no, I think I think <laughs> like uh, I think there's a lot of different screening tools you could uh, use. And uh, do you have uh, another one you want to recommend and plug here? No, I I, just, <laughs> I, I think if alcohol's a concern, you know, I like the the Center for Effective Practice. They have this nice document for family doctors uh, okay. that, that uh, would be would be helpful. Can we put and, a link up for that? Yeah, we can put a link for for that. You okay. know, uh, I think it's it's a good uh, starting point for the alcohol uh, piece. Um, all yeah, right. and I think I think you did a fantastic job with this uh, person because you sat with them, you spoke with them, and uh, they left knowing there's uh, options to reduce the alcohol if they choose to, and uh, they you gave uh, information to a healthcare provider that they see regularly and trust that can help them. Yeah, I, well. I liked how you said that you don't like. I, I I wonder if a little bit of what you said where you don't like interrupting. Uh, as I interrupt you, the uh, you don't like interrupting your uh, your elders when you're starting to do some of those early rotations, and and I and I have to wonder if if my own prejudice in a the wrong way or what I don't know if it, what it's called when you're you know you you just 
have certain, you draw certain assumptions about people and, and I, you know, you wonder if you, you know, you didn't give the right advice, right? Well, why did, why is she not able to go to detox? She could have gone to detox. Why did I send her well, to detox? I, no, I mean, I, I saw someone the other week who went to detox and they were scared shitless the whole time. Like, they're like, what is this place? You know, like they didn't feel safe. There were people using drugs around there. Uh, people were screaming, yelling. Uh, it, uh, and uh, you could tell they're from a different walk of uh, walk right. of life. And, and, that's what I, that, and that's what was in my head. It's it's not, they didn't look like someone that would be employed at a hospital or a Starbucks or like, a, you know what I mean? Like, they, they, they didn't, and I know you can't judge a book by its, its cover, but like the person was a young athletic person and they did not feel safe, right? Yeah. Uh, can you imagine what a 70-year-old woman would feel who's frail, maybe had trouble walking after yeah. a fall? Sending that, her into uh, there, it would be in, like sending her to... I think, uh, I think about the clinic that um, I used to work in where there was another colleague that used to see child psychiatry patients right there, you know? Uh, and then I think about uh, people who are injecting and passing out in the bathroom versus like a 80-year-old woman with chronic pain, you know? And, and I think... Uh, well, eventually I'd figured how to match treatment location to the person so they can get that we we don't want a place the person will never come back to. Right. No, exactly. Right? We like, don't, don't want a place them. where they'll never never come back or, to or, and not trust us again. Yeah. Right? Or not trust anything we say because we sent them there. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what's going through I my mean, head. I mean, you have to remember, like, just like with the naloxone, right? So there's a whole push to get everybody in naloxone, naloxone, right? And, like, I was I was annoyed by that. Like, like no, assess and treat the opiate use disorder. Why are you just giving naloxone? Because when you give somebody a checklist item, like, oh, I've done my job and it's, it's done. And now we know that 70% of the overdose deaths for people that used alone, right? And yeah. maybe maybe it wasn't different before naloxone. Maybe maybe it's gotten better since then. But that was my gut feeling. Most patients I worked with would always use alone, yeah. right? And how are they going to correct their own overdose with their naloxone kit, right? right. And so so I think like uh, it's we we want to offer what works. We have to be very careful, right? Because if we hit that next tick box, yeah. we're going to be like, okay, good. You know, we did it. We've cured and uh, saved it. And then we have to wait for the data to come saying that, hey, you know what? It was insufficient what we did. All right. Okay, well, that, that's uh, very helpful. I got some uh, some t some takeaway tips for uh, supporting uh, uh, different folks than what we normally do, and, and the elderly specifically. So yeah. that's very helpful. Thank you. I mean, I wouldn't mind just adding one extra thing. You sure. know, uh, in in Canada, they do have guidelines for the elderly for substance use disorders, uh, alcohol, and other drugs. Okay. Uh, a colleague of mine and a friend of mine, he actually introduced me to my to my wife. He's uh, one of the uh, people on the team that helped to put them to, together. And so uh, we, we include that link uh, as well. Is this well. different than the guidelines that we just spoke of a few months ago? Uh, the guidelines uh, for, you know, the, the, the one drink a week thing? That no, no, no. This oh. is a different one. This okay, is a different so one. different yeah, specifically yeah. for elderly? Yeah, for elderly. This is more like uh, like uh, substance use care, health addiction medicine, health care uh, for people uh, that are older than a certain age. Okay. And, and can we assume generally those limits are a little lower is that than they were for somebody who's 30 no no it's it's what do you do clinically with oh them? what do you do okay yeah oh, okay, like okay. what do you do like do you do, do you do expert do you do a screening tool do you uh, oh, okay. offer them a medication okay okay great all right yeah it's yeah, like yeah. a guide for docs it's okay. not like a guide for patients okay perfect perfect yeah yeah no that that's uh so we can leave that reference there, there too okay no no that's good um yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we're done all right good stuff thanks for watching if you like what you saw please feel free to like and subscribe that way you'll get notified when we come out with new content. We try to come out with new content about uh, every week or so. So anyway, thanks again and see you soon.
Thank you.